no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 52 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. Big shout out to you guys for listening to last week's episode and the episode before that. That was one of our favorite episodes, our, our little one-year recap. Um, was that the last episode? That wasn't the last episode. That was episode 50, right? The one-year recap? Yeah, that was that episode, was episode 50. 50. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for the support, man. Like We've been getting a lot of, a lot of praise, a lot of, you know kind words from you guys as we've trekked along this journey of just you know trying to talk about shit that interests us man streetwear is such an integral part of our lives like i may not look like it on a day-to-day basis and and it's so funny dude people ask me at work and i work at like this you know corporate insurance company and you know they ask like hey like i heard you have a podcast and they're like what kind of podcast is it and i'm like oh it's a streetwear fashion podcast and I'm like wearing like a button up with like really dusty jeans and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I'm not really representing myself as as well as I want to when I talk about this shit. And it's just it is what it is, man. We 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 like to talk the talk, but I mean, one out of two of us really walks the walk in that in that sense. I mean, <laughs> I'd like to think so. I hope so. It's not me, man. It's definitely not me on a day to day basis. You got you're fitted from head to toe on a day-to-day basis because that's your job yeah i have to be it's weird it's trust it's me there are weird. days where i'm just like fuck dude can i just what like can you wear not. something different yeah. like nah man like you're wearing probably like a super super coveted shit anyways thank you guys man uh thank you guys for listening to to us on a weekly basis can I tell you about my week real quick? Sure, man. Give me a little recap. I haven't seen you since Friday, so it's sure. been a couple days. But yeah. let me tell you about the weekend, because you know this whole week, every day is a, is a struggle. It's a it's a it's a daily struggle. But over the weekend, I actually had a lot of fun in uh, something that we used to do a lot, which was like thrifting, right? Yeah. So one of my favorite thrift stores in 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 San Francisco called Afterlife. For those that are listening, you ever want to come out to the city, that's one that you should go check out. They're having a 50% off sale, right? Everything in the damn store is 50% off from rings to sunglasses to fucking Mexican blankets, whatever you needed, right? All right, let's... No, for real. That's All what right. they're called. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're, they're known for being like one of the premier vintage uh, dealers in, in really in, the, uh, in Northern California. And so... It just got me thinking, right? Like going in there and seeing all these, these, these clothes and seeing all these people like excited about secondhand goods. Yeah. It got me thinking like, am I doing like, am I doing a good deed by shopping at a thrift store? Like is there some sort of positive piece to buying repurposed clothes? Yeah, I think so. I mean... We used to thrift a lot, yeah. namely at Goodwill Outlets, which are probably overrun with people right now <laughs> since uh, word has gotten out. The block is hot. Now, yeah, the man. block is hot. Um, but I think so. I mean, if we take it back to when we used to shop at the Goodwill Outlets, a lot of that stuff was, you know, going to end up who knows where in the exactly. trash, end mm-hmm. up being thrown away. Um, so, again, like 
another man's trash is another man's treasure. That's true. Yeah. And it really got me thinking is, you know, the the first, in, our intention when thrifting was, let's find clothes to sell. Yeah. Right. Let's find clothes to wear. That was like the, the backup plan if we didn't end up selling it. Yeah. But it really started to get me to think is what happens to clothes after they sort of live their life? Yeah. The life cycle of a the piece of clothing. The life cycle of a piece of Sounds clothing. like it should be like a PBS video yeah. or something. <laughs> you know? It's like um, you just document a, a t-shirt floating in yeah. the wind. Like, like on VHS. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a super old PBS documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, it's a, it's a, it's a real thought because uh, for those who don't know fashion and, and streetwear, there's a lot of money that goes into the production and the just the creation of clothes. Not right? only money, but just resources in general. Like yeah. you're with any the creation of any product, you know, obviously you need resources, you need money, you need manpower, labor, whatever. So all that goes into making the end product that reaches the consumer. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a there's a whole, you know, there's a lot of controversy about the amount of resources that are put into a product and um, how those products exist and then where do they go after. Yeah. Is the full amount of effort that's being put into these products worth it? And I guess in this episode, we want to sort of talk about something that sort of plagues the fashion and streetwear industry is sustainability because that's something that is sort of a huge afterthought when it comes to the clothes that we wear and why we wear them is who is creating this stuff and is it doing harm or not to the community and environment? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think most people think about that when they're shopping. How is this made, you know, what means uh, were used to make it? Like, who is making it? You know, not a lot of thought goes into that when you're walking into a store and you're looking not at, at something all. to buy. Not, not at, at all. all. It's probably the last thing that crosses my mind, to be quite honest. Completely. Um, the, the the very last thing on the very bottom list, it goes price. Uh, I'd say affordability, um, probably aesthetic and how it's going to look on me. And then probably the next one would be maybe like comfort and feel or yeah. something. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And what it means to the environment and everything thereafter is the very last thought. So let's talk about this this idea then because a lot of talk has been servicing recently about brands, very high-level fashion houses, taking their sort of older season, um, what would you call it, outdated bags, clothing, whatever, yeah, literally burning them. <laughs> yeah like that that itself Name, is just it just sounds ridiculous to be like i'm done with this let's burn it namely you know bigger designer brands i've heard that you know the likes of louis vuitton burberry is burberry, one of the biggest gucci i'm not sure if they do but i wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they did but basically you know the reasoning behind it is that they're burning these products to remain or to remain or to uphold the brand image yeah, so course. that there's this image of newness every time mm-hmm. And to kind of, you know, that keep that sense of exclusivity to it, yeah. you know, so not all of these things are going to sale so that everybody can have them, you yeah. know, because that's a lot of the times that's what, that's the kind of selling point of like a luxury brand is that not everybody can have this. So, you know, they just end up burning their merchandise. So And that's, and, and let's, let's start at the beginning because I want to I want to sort of analyze this as we go in in terms of why this is done because some people and especially in the streetwear industry 
there's seasons, right? You go through a season where it's you have the beginning of the season where you release the preview, the lookbook, you release the collection. At that point, media picks up the collection, things sell out, whatever's left over turns into an end of season sale. Yeah. Right? And that's the sort of life cycle of a collection for a streetwear brand. I don't see Benny Gold or Huff or, or Supreme burning their shit after it's done. You know what I mean? So why is it that a, a fashion house who try, and I would assume streetwear companies want to remain, remain exclusive and maintain a brand image, but why does the fashion house think that it's important or necessary to burn their stuff? I think, again, it just goes back to that image of exclusivity. Of course, like streetwear is like very exclusive or can be very exclusive in general. But I think when you're running like a million dollar, billion dollar, essentially not just a brand, but a corporation, you know, you have an image to uphold. And to be quite honest, like the products that you're burning, you know, you're not even going to you're not even going to miss those. You're, you're just going to eat the loss because you have so much revenue coming in and What's going to keep that revenue coming in is this idea of, again, not that many people can have this, so I want it. So that's kind of like the driving force behind that. But I think with streetwear, again, we're dealing with like companies that are a lot smaller, so it makes zero sense to get rid of your product, literally just throw it away because that's money that could be had. Um, and I don't know, like it just... So, so a good a good point to to what you're saying is because the scale at which these companies do stuff, not streetwear brands, but more like larger fashion houses, is that they're not producing clothes for, say, I mean, there's some brands that we know that only live domestically in the United States, right? Like they're not all over the world, yeah, so to speak. So, if we're looking at like a Burberry, um, who is, I mean, at this point, the one of the the biggest purveyors of <laughs> wasting away at their their goods right the idea is that in china which is where a lot of this takes place which is where a lot of things are manufactured nowadays yeah it, within china the point is this is our main consumer it's, it's actually surprising that the people in china are the main consumers of luxury goods but it's just per capita there's so many fucking people there that it's like if they have money, they represent more of a buying population than that of America, than that of Europe, whatever. So it only makes sense. Like you have more people, there's probably more money, and then they end up buying more. So when you're in, an, in a highly populated place like China and you are part of a luxury lifestyle, you have to uphold an image. So when it comes to selling your stuff to them, obviously, owning a brand, you're, you're going to take a loss regardless. Nobody is 100% everything is sold all the time. It's just not possible. But I think with what luxury brands are doing, it gets confusing to the point where, okay, like we have all this leftover stuff. Maybe this bag, this jacket, this whatever didn't hit this season. Cool. We have to... We don't want to play around and putting it on discount or having an outlet store because then people are going to think that fuck it, I'll wait around until the end of the season to get the same shit. Yeah, and that's, you know, coming from my experience working in um working for like a luxury retail company, that's exactly what 
uh, brands want to do. You know, uh, if a person knows that something is going to go on sale, they're going to buy it for the sale price. They'll wait. Like, like we talked about in past episodes, like the consumer really has more power these days to the point where brands have to not have to, but you know, they want to do stuff like burn their stuff in order to maintain that image. Because if you think of it this way, if people know that a particular piece is going to go on sale at the end of the season and then it's going to go on sale again at the end of the next season and then the next season, then they're just going to wait. What's the point of buying it at full price? If you know you can get it for a cheaper price, you just have to wait a couple of months, you know? That's the mindset that I have yeah. most, most of the time. Same. And there's a lot of wholesale places like um, before uh, a Karma Loop, right? There's there, there there's now a lot of places that are just like Karma Loop that'll sell things consistently on sale or consistently like mark down things that are right when a new collection comes out. That old collection is immediately on sale or discounted. And that's what people want. People want the deals yeah. for the clothes that are potentially out of their price range. And what gets me is that in today's culture, we always talk about how every, everybody's very aware, woke, right? Everybody is super awoke. And there's so many eyes on every move that everybody makes that it's hard to get away with things that were not necessarily we're, we're overlooked in the past right yes sustainability is one of them now right we we've we've we're somehow getting over like the inclusivity of you know just all males in the fashion industry or you know at the at the higher level um certain races in the fashion industry those are always in conversation so once people kind of get tired of talking about that what's next it's what are you doing to the environment? How are you trying to be sustainable? How are you going green, right? Um, and that's the conversation now. And and so if we look at a lot of these fashion brands that do these types of things, and I would say more often than not, it's pretty much all of them, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you think a way that people can, I guess it's sort of managing their public image aside from, how cool they are or how rich they make you look how do you manage their what do you call it like their their green image like yeah how do how do they do that nowadays like like as a brand yeah as a brand um i just think it's about taking the responsibility of once again like this whole idea of going green or being responsible with how you're producing your products how you're produ- or how you're producing your products, who's producing your products for you. Um, I think a lot of brands these days are kind of being pickier with where they produce their products and how, because one, the environment, and two, because of costs. Um, a lot of brands, actually, some of like the best factories in the world, believe it or not, are actually in China. Yeah, a lot of people kind of, you know discount China is like, oh, everything's produced there. So like the quality isn't as good. But honestly, some of the best factories in the world are done in China uh, or are in China. But um, brands like, let's take it through a streetwear lens, for instance, like you've heard of Noah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, founded by Brendan Babensian. He used to be the, I think, designer or creative director of Supreme. Yep. But he kind of started to do his own thing. They 
what they do is they're they're not saying that they're a hundred percent sustainable or they're a hundred percent this or hundred percent that because it's like it's in this day and age it's almost impossible to exactly do that way. yeah 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 um but the things that they do look out for is okay where's my stuff being produced is like the like are the laborers being treated fairly like what means of production are being used so I think it's just asking those questions and kind of you know just doing a little bit more research when doing these things. It's I a think, step in like, the right direction. Yeah, exactly. And I think everybody in this game, being that clothing amounts to almost like 75% of all waste in the world. It's yeah, clothes, ridiculous. Right? Or whatever. Clothes, products, everything, yeah. right? So we do owe it to the community to almost be held responsible for that. Like 75% is a lot of fucking trash. Yeah. Whether that be trash from high fashion or trash from your local streetwear brand, that's trash. Yeah. Um, so in order to be sustainable, those questions, like you said, like you made, you made a very good point is you have to really start thinking about where it's made, who's making it and why is this being made or like, why do I want this being made and what am I going to do with it after type of mentality? Um, and so I've been kind of looking at like, you know, me personally, when it comes to my clothes, it's, it's hard to focus on that type of stuff because one of the downfalls is that when you try to do something or buy from somebody that's sustainable, that's reusable, whatever made from materials that are good for the earth it's expensive as shit. Yeah. And that's the part of it, right? The processes to make things out of water bottles, like some shoes are. I know Adidas makes things out of every recyclable thing like possible. Ocean plastics. Exactly. Yeah. It's expensive as shit. And, but they're, it's just like a weird dichotomy where it's like, do I put the money into making sure that I'm looked at as eco-friendly and sustainable in the public's eye or do I want to put my money into making sure that the public sees me as the coolest most fashionable it's like you almost can't be both unless you're like a 19 billion dollar company like Nike yeah and I think there's some sort of like same thing for the consumer too it's do I pay you know in this day and age obviously like more sustainable products can have a higher price point because maybe the processes to, like you said, produce those products are a little bit more complicated. So I guess the the question, the kind of things that are on the scale, being weighed on the scale is, do I pay more because I care about the earth and I want to buy a sustainable product? Or do I pay my rent? Like, you That's know, true. Like, w- those are kind of the options that people weigh. So, And it's difficult, right? We have to make choices that are guided by our own moral compass, but sometimes we can't, right? As much as we want to. I wish I could use that excuse for a lot of different things. (laughs) It's not possible 100% of the time, like you said. Um, But it's all about taking the right step there, like the the, the right step forward to being sustainable, to eventually getting to the point where you can do that. I know that Champion makes blanks that are considered like, like eco blanks that are just made with less cotton and produced with other more uh, reusable materials, which is is great, right? Another way that I think I would suggest to a lot of people listening is go out and thrift your clothes, find secondhand clothes. It takes a couple of washes and it's 
practically brand new. You know, yeah. all the blood stains and everything else are off of it, yeah. and you're good to go. Um, that's one of the reasons why I like thrifty. Not only because it, I'm getting stuff that you can't find in a store or can't find online, but it's also just like it's um, it's like personal because you work to get it type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I you mean, get lucky or you find it. That and for the most part, like it's affordable and two. Like you're not paying for a product that was made and therefore like you're decreasing waste. Exactly. Hopefully. And you save money too. Yeah, it's exactly. Shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're getting clothes by the pound, sometimes for free, sometimes yeah. for like a couple dollars. So yeah, I, I, I'm definitely an advocate for for buying um, like secondhand clothing. 60 pounds of clothes for like <laughs> 30 bucks. Yeah, Crazy. for real. What a, yeah. what a ratio. But when we talk about taking the next step forward and in the right direction of being sustainable and, you know, contributing to becoming green. And to be honest, I feel kind of weird saying that, like to say that fashion and streetwear has to be green. It's like we're not a oil company. We're not a. Uh, a soda company where we have to worry about like all these resources we use. You wouldn't think of that when you're making clothing, right? Yeah. But I think there's, there's certain ways that brands have done that and continue to do that, which is actually really, really cool. It may not be like our shirts are made from spider webs or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, but people are actually making stuff and uh, contributing back to the, to the places that are essentially kind of being harmed by, the manufacturing of clothing, which is, which is weird. So let me talk about this company that I, I just recently discovered and I sort of love their backstory. Um, and I love who they are and, and sort of what they're about. But so this brand called advisory board crystals, right? That basically ABCs is what they go by. Um, it's a couple, uh, who met, who recently who basically came from band of outsiders, which is, a name that I've seen all over the place yeah. and like kind of like more higher end, higher tier, like streetwear. Definitely more like menswear, like yeah. driven. Uh, I remember they kind of shut down for like a few years actually. Really? And man. then they, I think they recently they like made a comeback, I think either last year or this year. So they're kind of like back in the mix. So yeah. Yeah. And they have this, this great sort of, relationship and how they produce their clothing it's really just them two that do everything which is kind of like really cool to see like a, a, a like a pretty high up diy self-starting streetwear company um and i can get into like their whole like backstory and stuff but that's for another time but one of the things that they did recently is they released a a single piece of clothing and it was basically in collaboration with wikipedia right yeah and okay, this may be off topic because it doesn't have to necessarily do with being, you know, eco-friendly and sustainable, but I think if you get the bigger picture, you'll get it. And with this collaboration with Wikipedia, most if not all of the profits go back to their partnership with Wikipedia as almost, what would you say, like a donation kind of? Yeah, because if you guys aren't aware, Wikipedia is funded primarily by donations mm -hmm. um and this kind of go i guess the overarching theme for this episode is just fashion clothing giving back whether it's through sustainability or whether it's like giving back to you know Things someone, that are like, necessary. Wikipedia, yeah. someone yeah. like wikipedia for instance um so yeah i mean 
I don't know. You explain it a little bit more because you kind of yeah. read about it. So the donations go all the way back to Wikipedia to basically source this idea of we all need information, right? Information is important to not only gain inspiration, develop opinions, but also so we're not fucking thinking about random shit all the time. Like there has to be facts and there has to be, you know, other shit to go along with it. And Wikipedia does a great job oftentimes at providing the facts. Yeah. Even though anybody can go in there and edit whatever the fuck they want. Do you think we have a bio on Wikipedia? Yeah. That's like one of my life goals is to... Okay, here, let me share some of my life goals. To have a Wikipedia page, okay? And to be mentioned in like in like a fucking rap song. Wow. You know how like people just... You know how like rappers mention like random NBA players? Yeah. Or like they mention like random people. Like Shoot a jewelers. three like Curry yeah, or, or something like, like that. that. Yeah. Okay. Like that. Those are my two like life goals. Those are... Yeah. Just those two? I mean, have a lot more, but I think those are pretty up there. All right. Okay. Yeah. Wikipedia comes first, I'm assuming. Uh, sure. Yeah. I can make you one. I could, I could, <laughs> we could check that one off the list within a day or Easy. so. All right. Okay. If you're, hearing, if you're hearing this, make it happen. Yeah. yeah. Make a Wikipedia for no chance and, yeah. uh, and make sure you guys tag us. But I think the over, the bigger picture with, with this collaboration with Wikipedia is that streetwear gives back. As weird as it sounds, is it doesn't make sense to me. It's still quite a, a new phenomenon because streetwear spent so much time trying to rebel from what was normal, and it and reduce, reuse, recycle was always considered to be lame, you know. But now, with so much being in the public eye and and being so politically correct and just being judged so. so so heavily nowadays you almost have to as a brand you have to find a way to to give back to the culture that's accepted you because remember like streetwear kids come from poverty come from middle class families come from countries that don't have anything so it's like if you guys are spending your $30 that you don't even have and we both know how much we've racked up on a credit card for clothing that we, we don't need, need. <laughs> we're putting money into into the pockets of people that 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 don't know what we're going through so yeah i think it's all about again i don't know if we did we talk about this in the last episode but brands aligning themselves with the values of not necessarily their primary consumer but just someone's values so for instance like the wikipedia thing like i think that's pretty cool yeah like giving back to wikipedia so that other people can have not accessible knowledge. knowledge yeah exactly whether it's you know correct or not <laughs> but i mean like that i that's cool like that makes me like that brand more because of that you know mm-hmm. so i think it's it's, and it's a good point yeah. so, real quick before i get into the next brand that did this crazy thing you you have this shirt that you bought it was an aclu shirt yes there's a history behind that shirt that kind of somewhat correlates to what we're talking about yeah, uh, so there, there's this shirt. It's a pretty I, iconic graphic, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty well known like I think it's from 1994 is where the graphics from. It's an ACLU shirt, and on the front it just basically says like, "You have the right to not remain silent" in like bold, like bright letters, and then there's like a guy on the front like protesting or whatever, and on the back has like a back print. But anyways, um, yeah, that's a good point because. Yeah. 
the proceeds from that shirt that I bought actually went to the ACLU. And actually, now that you mention it, I also bought a shirt from Supreme that um what um it was what the, did they do? It was it was a white shirt and then it had like this text on the front. Ah, I forgot what it said. Um it basically it was like it was like when Donald Trump first got elected. Mm. Basically it was like a very political shirt. I forget what it exactly said. I just got it. I don't have it anymore. I sold it. But um <laughs> Yeah, fuck me, right? Uh yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Give back. Right? Yeah. Give back. Um but basically like most of the proceeds from that particular release went to the ACLU too. So that's another example of streetwear giving back back to you know whatever it is that they believe in to your point once you mentioned supreme and probably one of the more like scandalous things that a lot of people have done um with supreme is supreme released a japan relief box logo t-shirt to give back to those that were affected by the tsunami in japan at the time i believe and that was a big deal you know like they know that they're they're probably one of their biggest consumers are people in Japan, right? And that's just showing love to those people that show love to them. So yeah. really in, good marketing ploy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in small ways, it's almost not even looked at as selfish, like yeah. as if it's a money grab, because if all the money is going back to them, it's really showing love. So I didn't actually think of Supreme as being the ones. They're actually the anti people that I thought would be giving back. But now actually looking at it, did, They're did the they one, do one, the one for 9-11? Yeah. Like the I, 9-11 I like, so. box logo? Did it that, was the USA flag. Yeah. Did that like did the proceeds from that go to anything? I, I would assume know. so. I would assume so, right? I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, that's probably like a there's probably a larger context to to being ingrained in New York City and having that happen. And yeah, it was probably like, you know, terrible for like however so long. But like to your point, like there is actually like if you really pay close attention, whether we whether we know it or not, some of these designers are actually paying attention to, you know, what they're selling. A good example and one of my favorite t-shirt graphics full time that I wish I never passed on was uh, Virgil Abloh and Off-White did a collaboration with the University of Wisconsin. Yeah, I remember when that first came out, it was like a they were printed on like champion and they were blanks, sitting right? on the Wisconsin like bookstore site yeah. for like a day or so. And all those proceeds went back to the school. Like these are things that, you know, they're not as prevalent as you'd want them to be, but it's happening, which is, is awesome. But yeah. only by certain people, you and know, only by certain people. Another example is hair and Preston, which is honestly a brand that I'm not really a huge fan of. Not that I just, we see it all the time, but yeah. Not that I dislike it, but it's just not for me. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Throw a little hot That's take fine. in there before. That's fine. <laughs> we, um, don't, we don't gotta like everything. Yeah. But um one thing that I actually thought that was really cool is that he, remember he did that uh Department of Sanitation for mm-hmm. of New York um whole collection uh centered around like the their uniforms and like what they do and kind of paying uh you know, homage to them. Uh I actually didn't know that the proceeds from that or a part of the proceeds from that went to this um, foundation or this fund. It's called zero by 30, zero times 30. Basically, it's it's an initiative in New York that's trying to get landfill waste like completely stopped by 2030. Damn. And I, I had no idea. Like I wasn't a huge fan of the collection, so I didn't really do too much research. But I didn't know that the proceeds from that went to... 
again, sustainability, but you know, the overarching goal of giving back. I think as, as, as new designers, younger designers, more conscious of what they do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I feel like those are the ones that are going to take it to a whole nother level. Obviously Virgil and Heron are the two most innovative designers in our field in what they do. And that's why they've transitioned into doing stuff on the larger scale. Um, but I think it, it's it's on its way of going there. I just think the conversation is something that it's not being had as much. You know, no, nobody's really asking that question that you where, where you made that point. I think it is more so now. It's starting to become more and more of a conversation topic, but it's still not, you know, it's still not as big as, you know, diversity or equality maybe like in, our, in the fashion field or things like that. Yeah. You know, like I think those social issues are more so at the forefront as opposed to sustainability issues or things like environmental that. issues always take the back burner of any sort of like whether it's like a cultural movement or yeah. anything going on in pop culture you know what happened to al gore when he was talking about global warming yeah. he got fucking pushed out of the <laughs> out yeah. of the courtroom they got rid of him quick. exactly yeah. global warming what um, um but I mean, yeah, like there's also, I mean, I also read this other article about this streetwear brand called, you know, Pestle and Mortar Clothing. I've never seen what they do, but I'm sure they, they're they big somewhere. And they collaborated with Tiger Beer, which is actually pretty good, um, and the WWF Foundation. And no, I'm not talking about wrestling. It's the World Wildlife, World Wildlife Foundation, right? They collaborated on a collection of clothing. It's about 22 pieces in all the proceeds go back to this foundation to basically save the the tigers. <laughs> I mean, it was so crazy how they did it too because they mentioned how I might be I might be wrong with this number, but there are about 220 maybe 200 something tigers left in the world. That's it? Yeah. That's not that many. And so they released about 200, 250 articles of clothing to coincide with the amount of tigers left in in a, in, in the world. I mean, 200, that's that's crazy. That's not that much yeah. if you think about it. Yeah. But I, I think their, their clothing is pretty expensive. But regardless, <laughs> that's just like a collaboration like that is like super interesting. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to do that. You know, that mentality of like, you know, what could we do different or how could we give back? It's pretty cool to see in streetwear because it was more so about giving back to the community, giving back to the people that supported you rather than just giving back to fucking everybody or the world. So it's good to see the consciousness. It's nice to see that. It's a breath, it's a breath of fresh air for sure. Yeah. I think someone else did a collaboration, but it was about saving foxes. Is that uh, that one, like, is it like a Swedish bag company called Fjörnraken? Fjallraven? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yo, working at Acme Studios really Yo, got your, uh, your Swedish on point. It's not lit. bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, yeah, other than that, I, I, I think the, the point we try to stress the most is, like, really pay attention to the clothes that you buy, you know? We always talk about why do we wear the things that we wear and... and I know damn well that you'd pay attention to the clothes that you wore if that person that designed it was like, I don't know, a dictator or something, you know, True. an evil person. You probably yeah. wouldn't wear that. And You're like, yeah, this guy's a dick. I probably shouldn't wear stuff. Exactly. Like that was the biggest thing when it came to um, uh, Vilone. 
right? Oh, it yeah, was, do I wear these clothes because of the creator's actions, you know, actions wrongdoings? For, exactly. Yeah. And we have to take accountability for, it's weird to say, but we have to take accountability for the things that we wear and, and why we wear them for what reasons. Obviously, we can't be 100% on point all the time. Yeah. You know, and we we have to pick and choose our battles for the companies that we follow. Obviously, we know what Nike does with their making of things and their factories and all that stuff. We know what other brands do, but maybe for, you know, go thrift a t-shirt and wear Nike. Balance, you know, it's all about balance. Yeah. I mean... Let's just be real. Honestly, when we come out with merch, probably not going to do it sustainably. So yeah, and yeah. there's that. You know, we're not perfect people. So <laughs> just, just want to throw that out there. Transparency <laughs> is very key. He just blew it. <laughs> he just blew the whole purpose of the episode. Sorry. But I mean, yeah, guys, like really pay attention to what it is that you're buying. Support. I like to support local brands, especially those in cities that I like visiting. I love going to local shops and, and visiting. Um, you know, people who are doing it, the whole brick and mortar style. So uh, it, it all comes down to, you know, make good life choices. Yeah, we should run for office. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Imagine running for office and just like having everybody like. Yeah, we'd have the Green Party under wraps. Oh, my God. <laughs> they would fuck with us heavy. <laughs> I don't recycle all the time, yeah, so I don't know either. how. I don't, I don't even know think how I have well. a recycling bin at home. First of all, dude. hold on. Let me tell you. Let me tell you guys something real quick. So I have a pizza store underneath underneath my apartment, right? And Nate goes there every time that we record. So he just went there actually. I just finished. Let me two tell slices. you let me tell you how how ironic that this situation is that we're talking about sustainability and being resourceful and giving back to the environment. He took his pizza box, he put it right in the trash. Doesn't care about recycling. Doesn't care about reusing it. You don't even have a recycling bin. I so do have a recycling bin. Where is it? Underneath my sink. Oh, so I never knew this. <laughs> it's okay. It's all about education. I never knew this. Let this be a lesson to you all. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yep. That that is that is the premise of this episode, and I think that's a good place to stop, man. I, I'm kind of tired of being so politically correct and being so yeah. righteous in this one. It's a little exhausting. A little hippy dippy for my taste. It's a little exhausting. Dude, uh, <laughs> doing the right thing is tiring sometimes. Yeah, you know? it is, man. I can only imagine being a mayor or president. Uh, I was going to say president, but <laughs> but thank you guys, man. Thank you guys for for catching us this week and following us every week. In fact, it's very, 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 very hard to to follow something on a weekly basis. I miss my shows, right? I, yeah. I can't follow everything. Um, so I appreciate it. We appreciate episode fifty two, man. Technically, this is. Is that exactly a year? I, yeah, I guess it's a so. year. It's a year in the term of episodes, yes. but it's been like almost Probably two years longer. in, in, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the design process. But other than that, thank you guys, yeah. and be sure to follow us on all of our socials at No Chance Podcast. Um, you can follow us individually if you'd like, but just don't message us because it's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, you can message Nate. Just don't message me. He's he's very he he likes you like you like when people DM you, right? Not. Really? <laughs> just don't dm me any weird shit <laughs> all right keep that as a keep that as a note but on that note thank you guys for listening and yes. we will catch you next week peace, peace.